right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It is presented by CarParts.com. You checked out that mobile experience? You should. Uh, trust me, they got brakes for every freaking job you could imagine. Um, so here is the deal. Today, today we're fired up. Because it's not about brakes. It's not about stopping. It's about the next gear. Uh, whether you want to grab fifth, <laughs> whether you want to grab six, how you want to do it. Oh, man, all the fun that is. You know, to me, that's one of the biggest... Like things that ultimately changed um, how often uh, and how much fun I had in my car is being able to actually get out and drive it. Um, most muscle cars are cursed with the old three-speed transmissions. Uh, but nowadays, there's no excuse for you to have those. None whatsoever. Yeah, I don't think anybody's really, you know, anybody who's building a real legit muscle car, old school, whatever. It doesn't matter what year, what era. I don't think anybody's thinking about building something without getting some real gears in there because... If you are building something, or even if you just own something, you know when you got three gears, all your friends are leaving you in the dust, you know, like just screaming down the highway. Oh, man. And a lot of the most cool cars, it's like a murder spree going on in the valve train. You're just killing it, beating it up, man. High RPMs. Uh, it, it is one of those things that once you change and you get a different perspective on the car, all of a sudden, man, it is so much more enjoyable to get out and take your car wherever, whenever you want. You don't have to worry about, well, is there any highway driving? How fast are we going to be going? Well, everybody's going to be waiting on me because i got to roll 60, 65. That sucks, <laughs> man. If you're that guy, just know people hate when you come out to cruise. People don't like it. They, because they've got to wait on you. I'm sorry, but you're the slow kid. You're holding up the whole party. Yeah, you're the Get slow kid. <laughs> Everybody's hating you, and you're probably not even having any fun. You know, it's just a lose-lose game. We're here to talk about grabbing no. gears, man. We've got a good friend of mine. I've known him for years. He has the awesome business to help us, right, update our driveline. Modern driveline, man. This is Bruce Couture. Uh, this guy knows everything you need. You can put bundles together. Bundles of fundles. That's what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> uh, it is a complete source for the five-speed, for the six-speed. Uh, and you think about that, man. You know, I, I'm building the car, get ready to go see me in a matter of weeks. Um, I, I'm thinking about this now, and I'm like, man, it was so cool for me because as a guy that loves to drive my car, and this seems crazy now because I know in a lot of the worlds an automatic would, would be faster but I'm not going for all-out quarter-mile speed or eighth-mile grudge race, dig race, whatever. To me, I'm, I'm about driving this car. So 
I put a man pedal in it, bro. I got I got six gears to choose from. You know, I'm working the foot. I'm working gears. I, you know, there's something about getting into the car, driving it, changing gears, um, and just being able to do that and control the car. Uh, it it gives you a feedback in a driver's reality and scenario, really unlike uh, a, a lot of cars that you know you get in. It's funny because the manual seems to be in a lot of places kind of going away and, and being replaced with some you know automatic manuals and so forth but i don't think that we're ever going to get rid of the clutch and for the people that are inspired and love the drive i don't know that there's anything better yeah and when you think about it from a, a budget standpoint sure you can get into a new gt500 you can get into a new you know corvette c8 and it's going to have you know paddle shift dct transmission and it's going to have you know that eighty thousand dollar, ninety thousand dollar price tag on it. Yeah. Uh, but but you don't have those options when you're building up your old sixty five fastback, you know your sixty six charger, whatever you got. Uh, you know you're gonna get the six speed autos if you want to put those in. Um, but for manuals, man, yeah. that like I said, that's where we're at. Rowing gears, rowing gears. You can yeah, skip the man. fancy stuff, man. Those are going to be around for a long time. And like I said, we have the man to walk us through uh, all the different offerings, the ins and outs, what can fit in, what it can't fit in. You know, you got to modify your tunnel. Uh, and there's a new great offering we talked about quite a few months ago uh, from Trimic, uh, the TKX. So that's the new five-speed, yeah, man. This thing is boy. built the same kind of internals, higher RPM, uh, better synchros, everything like the, you know, the T56, the TR6060. Uh, and that, in my mind, is the hot ticket. So we're going to get some more scoop from Bruce here in just a minute. All right, man. It is the Two Guys Ride Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We're grabbing gears next. We'll catch up with you in just a minute. It is the Two Guys Ride Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. They got you covered, man. Any part you need. They got brakes for every build and every budget. Check them out, CarParts.com. Dot com. My man Kevin, I know you're fired up. You've known Bruce for a long time. Bruce, welcome to the show. It's great to have you back on, man. And I know you've been a busy, busy man at Modern Driveline. Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a it's been a busy year. This pandemic has been great for business. People are home working on cars, enjoying themselves. It's a pedal dimmick for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a challenge, man. As you know, supply has been a real challenge. But we're excited about this new TKX, man. It's 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 a game changer. Kevin and I got really excited about that transmission, all the all the things about racing and performance that were going into it. Um, I think the question is, I don't know, Kevin, you received yours, but the little birdie hadn't dropped off mine. Um, I thought we were going to be crash test dummies for that thing and give her a whirl. <laughs> well, that's what I'm hoping at some point. Yeah. No, I got a I got a T56 uh, transaxle uh, going in my uh, 65 fastback Mustang, but we'll talk more about that later. Now, you know, back to this TKX. Uh, Bruce, remind <laughs> some of our listeners here uh, some of the upgrades that went into that. So, if anybody's familiar enough with the old TKO. Uh, there's a TKO 500 and 600. Um, technically, with a little bit of gear changes inside, you got a 500 or 600 foot-pound capable. Great little box, fit in a ton of applications. Uh, but it was a little bit, let's say, old school in, in some of the technology or some of the sizing of, of gears, how the synchros worked, etc. So, uh, Bruce, walk us through, remind us, some of the upgrades that went into the TKX. Because uh, this is all about getting the modern type manual 
in a small compact package that can go in a ton of applications without having to tear them up. Yeah, well, that having to do tunnel work is is the key thing. That's the that's the big component, I think. Absolutely, guys. I mean, the the TKX is actually an all redesigned. Nothing's really uh, carried over from the old uh, TKO. When Tremec decided to make this uh, new TKX, the X standing for uh, next generation, they really stepped up their game and they they wanted an end loading design make it much smaller. They wanted it to shift at higher RPMs for these new modern day engines, whether it's a modular, a Hemi, or an LS-based engine. They wanted it to be able to perform to today's standards, and but they wanted it to fit into like a, a GMA body, which was kind of the standard, the one that people say, hey, I don't want to cut that floor. So um, they really stepped up their game and, and totally redesigned the interior of that transmission. So much, much improved. Well, hey, Bruce, I got a question for you. Um, uh, when you look at the internals of that transmission and compare it to what we we kind of know or grew up on uh, as one of the bad boys at TKO, um, what about it is the same percent-wise in your mind? Is it 10%, 15%? 30% or is it all brand new components? It's kind of redesigned? all brand new. Wow. It's all brand new. That bearing retain, I think the bearing retainer in the front is the only thing that I think we found that's the same. I mean, literally everything else is new. Yeah, I think they knocked that one out of the park because uh, it's got, like I said, all the great things about a you know, T56 box, but it's smaller, fits in the tighter packages. You don't have to do all the changes to it. Uh, and, you know, from there, that's just a transmission. So, we got to work into how do you made it on these different applications? And I think that's where you really stand out. Yeah, that's you know, really where, you know, modern driveline steps into the picture. I mean, we're a Tremec elite distributor and, uh, and obviously a strong supporter of the Tremec brand, but really our job is to how do you make them fit all these different applications, whether it's a 65 Mustang or a 67 Chevelle or a C2, C3 Corvette, uh, how do you take it into the modern day cars? You know, guys taking power plants out of a, a donor car. How do you make the LS engine and make it fit, let's say, an Impala or something like that? And so what we're doing is taking all the components, much like we have been over the last 23 years of doing five and six speeds. And then we're really making them fit the, the cars and trucks because we're not just limited to cars only. And we're making offset shifters or side shifters. And currently we're releasing a 64 through 67 Chevelle shifter that comes le driver's left and it comes right through the floor without any tunnel mods whatsoever. And that's the exciting part about this TKX and what we're doing with it. So uh, if, if I'm hearing you right, you got different positions and posture for the shifter, you're really dependent on the car and that application because, you know, Mopar had some of those NASCAR editions where the shifter would be really close to the thigh there and the throw would be a little shorter. And then they had the, the pistol grip, a couple of things like that. So y you're really looking at the application and adjusting where that shifter can live and where all that functionality can be at as far as performance-wise. But for us muscle car guys, you don't have to worry about beating up or cutting massive chunks of your tunnel out. Yeah, we're basically, you know, uh, minimizing that those changes. You know, is it a, a perfect transmission for every situation? No, I mean, that's a tall order. But, you know, when we're Mopar particularly is, is a real challenging one with the torsional suspensions and the, the floor support and the uniqueness of where the shifters are. 
But, you know, we keep in mind that, you know, as a dealer, we've only had these transmissions for less than a year. They were physically uh, introduced the last day of, of SEMA 360 last year. We didn't even start really taking delivery of these transmissions till the first of this year. So we've only been playing or working with this transmission for about 11 months, really 10 months. <laughs> so we're doing a lot of different things with it. Evan, that is still going to be a challenge with the supply line as sparse as it is. I know you you said you're getting ready to do a SEMA build, and I know I'm, I'm doing one. That's a, Man, that makes it a mess, dude. So has it been tough for you in that regard? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're you know, putting out cars. You know, we've got a, a sponsored car that we're doing at SEMA this year. It's a 67, uh, I think actually a 66 Chevelle that we're doing. And uh, it's a beautiful car. You know, it's, it's, it's optimum battery challenge level type car. We were able to fit it right in there. But yeah, we've had challenges with getting parts and getting things done. Machine shops are extremely busy. Material supplies are slim, but, you know, we're muscling through it and uh, we're, we're getting the stuff out there. I think even Tremec was is taken back by how many units they've sold this year. I mean, our business is up 70% for over over last year, and Tremec's wow. uh, TKX sales are up 400% over the TKO of last year. Mama getting some wow. new shoes. Man. You know, and, and I'm all about it because, like I said, it's got all the goodies from the, the bigger boy, right? It's big brother. Uh, but it functions. It's got the higher PM. It's got the torque capability. It's got the package. Uh, but... It, you know, for anybody, and you just mentioned Optimum Challenge type car. So anybody who's doing performance stuff, wants to think about weight. If I remember right, it's got to be somewhere around 30 pounds lighter than the TK or the, the TR6060, the TKX. Or sorry, the, the, the Magnum. Yeah, the Magnum yeah, the is Magnum? definitely a bigger unit. But yeah, the, the TKX didn't really gain any weight over its, uh, you know, uh, TKO replacement. But it's, it's almost the size of a T5. That's really amazing when you think about how small it is and we can put it into street rods and various other applications that we wouldn't have thought about using them before. Yeah. I'm, I'm running that Magnum, uh, in my wide body charger and, uh, man, I, I gotta, I gotta ask, there's been, you know, a few hurdles in this where you guys really come in and, you know, all this time I've been fighting like, you know, slave cylinder, how it exits there, uh, on those Magnums on the side. And, um, I have mine actually a little, a, a little further up, uh, that tends to be a problem for some people. Uh, and you know, that whole slave cylinder where, you, where you mount it up under the dash and, and issues like that. Um, what have you guys done outside of the internals to attack some of the issues? And what have you guys found out that there's some of the issues that, that come with this, or is it, you know, is it pretty, pretty, you know, let's say, um, aggressive and eliminating a lot of problems. Uh, some of these some of these sort of setups had before well if you're speaking of the transmission it's it's been a home run i mean we haven't really found anything wrong with it um you know as far as the challenges of packaging as you mentioned on the hydraulics you know we offer a tilton 6000 series internal bearing and it's working out really well so we have the high our lf series masters that we couple that with now you had a you've got some nice ways to do bleeding for that slave cylinder we do uh, can you walk us through that? Because that's a real handy one. If anybody, even if you've got your own transmissions and whatnot, just some of the smaller pieces. You talked about shifters, shifter locations. Uh, so those are the kind of things that, you know, once you buy the transmission, oh, you think you're you're all the way to home plate. But, man, you just got to first base, right? Yeah, <laughs> you got to get second, yeah. third, and get all the way around the corner 
So walk us through some of the, you know, the little details uh, that you can really help folks. Because, you know, if you don't have your clutch stack to your slave distance correct, obviously you got to have the right bell housing. How are you doing your sizing between your master and your slave? Uh, you know, your bleeder, all these things can really bite you. And you can spend forever and a day trying to piece together a system that Bruce has already figured out and has on the table for you. I wish I would have known this earlier. I, I've been, it was been a nightmare for me matching up all the metric odds and ends to try to get something to, to work in my application. So tell us how you have eliminated what I just went through, Bruce, please. Rub it in my face. Just get all of it. <laughs> Man, what you guys are describing is exactly what I, I hear every day. You know, guys are struggling getting parts to come together. And, you know, our job is to make sure that when we sell you a flywheel and a bell housing and a clutch that the stack is where we expect it to be. And, you know, we, we're very number oriented, you know, it's not an opinion, it's it's really engineering that goes behind it. So, you know, as, as Kevin kind of uh, opened up with, and that is, you know, common uh, commonly asked questions we get, you know, people are like, well, man, my hydraulics is not working, you know, why isn't it working? And, and in, at the end of the day, it's just air in the system. So, we, we sat down and like, you know, KISS is, a, is a, a good principle to work under. And so we said, how can we make bleeding the system not even an issue anymore? And we came up with this one-man bleeder kit. And it's basically a syringe that we inject the fluid directly into the reservoir. So we call it the one-man bleeder kit because literally one person could do the bleeding of the system. So we inject the fluid directly into the reservoir and then we have a little line at the bottom. You kind of create a little P-trap and you can see the bubbles coming out and a couple of shots of that. And within 10 minutes, you got the whole thing bled out as you should. Oh, that's a good one right there, man. Yeah. I'm so jealous right now. <laughs> I should have got that on my last application. And we include them with every kit. You know, it's not like you have to buy the kit. You buy one of our, you know, light series, Lightfoot series, uh, master cylinder kits. One's in every box. So it cuts down on the phone calls that we get. Can you buy that that separately? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. I'll give you my, my card number after this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Look, we got to take a break. When we get back, you're going to answer a question we're all curious of. Okay? The question is, if TKO and TKX both walk into a bar, what are they drinking? Bruce is going to answer that question. We all want to know. Coming up next is Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. Hang on. I can't wait to hear this one. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. We have our boy Bruce Couture on. He's from Modern Driveline. Uh, you got to jump on this website, you guys, ModernDriveline.com. The best thing is, man, they have all this knowledge available and it's at your exposure. If you're looking for certain parts, pieces, if you need to know how to put something together, they got you covered. And if you're there for technical info, the how-tos, man, this is where they really shine. Um, not only how-to, but where to get where you're going, meaning that you know all those things work like they should and it feels like a new car. Because, Kevin, you know, there's sometimes you get in cars and something's just a little bit off, and it's like, man, it kind of – it upsets the whole experience. You got to spend half the time just getting used to where the clutch engages and where it disengages, or you know, why it doesn't have a stop, or you know, something feels funny there. You know, it's just uh, it's the joy of driving. You don't want those interruptions. Well, and it's such a system too, right? So you got to think about every component, and they're not just you know, oh, I got the best of this and the best of this. They have to be sized. They have to be matched. 
So they're all working together properly to do exactly what you're talking about. To give you just that fun factor without the, you know, the hiccups and the, the weird and the goofies and the things that just take away from going out and having a good time. So maybe on that note, you know, we mentioned a couple of things, uh, you know, that we've struggled with. We know people struggle with. Uh, got anything else that people typically just, you know, mess up that don't get right that you want to point out and, and have solutions well, for? Well, before he answers that, I feel like he, we all need to know. <laughs> if TKO and TKX walk into a bar, what are they drinking? I think it's tequila. <laughs> <laughs> What's what's TKO drinking? What's TKO tequila? drinking? Yeah, um, is it like a spritzer? Spritzer, uh, yeah. Or, there you go. Yeah, and, and TKX is more like tequila. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> it's all about the hard good seltzer, times. hard seltzer, and uh, whiskey, <laughs> and whiskey, right? <laughs> Uh, all right, so what are some of the problems? Because we all have them. Everybody has been able to harvest a, a trimic at some point, right? You get your hands on this transmission. You got it from your buddy who traded it for this or got it from a junkyard or he was building A, B, or C, and it didn't quite get finished. We get these these parts and pieces handed down to us, but none of us know how to make them work together, how to get that symbiotic relationship, that you know that driving experience we're all itching and dying for. Um, so you guys make that happen. What are some of the common common issues you guys see? Well, I mean, as the, you know, as less and less manual cars are literally out there, if you think about it, it's like, you know, the, the cars are left behind the Camaros, the Challengers, the Mustangs, you know, how do you adapt some of this stuff? And is it really even worthwhile? Because like the Mustang has an MT-82 with a remote shifter on it, doesn't even have a slip yoke. So how do you adapt to something like that? And let's say an F-series truck or, or even an early gen you know, Mustang, it, it, some of this stuff isn't even worth the trouble. I mean, okay, yeah, grab a motor out of a, out of a, a pickup truck. Maybe instead of an LS, you buy an LQ uh, type engine. But how do you do a, a swap? You know, guys with Fox bodies putting in LS motors. How do you make the linkage work? Or how do you gear it right, you know? How do you make it fit? And so our challenges are to work with some of that stuff. But quite honestly, people have to reevaluate whether it's worthwhile buying a salvaged uh, product or just simply buying a pre-engineered system that is a whole lot less trouble for not a whole lot more money, honestly. True. True. I, I think you went over that last time and said by the time it's all said and done, you could have a, a direct, not a direct fit necessarily, but something that all works together. It all bolts up and, and, and it works as a functioning component all in one kit versus trying to, you know, harvest a transmission out of a, a yard or something and piece everything together, which just provides more points of failure. You guys give an option there that you know is tried and true, is tested, is going to work and perform like the, the person's wanting. Yeah, I mean, part of it also has to do with gearing. I mean, people lose track of that. They, they'll pull something out or let's say the hydraulics and they're trying to band-aid something together. And, and without really the working knowledge, I mean, tire size, axle ratio all play a factor, whether it's a car or a truck, if you're dealing a street rod, you know, 25 inch tall tire versus a 40 inch tall tire, all this stuff plays out. And when we talk to people a lot on the phone, the first thing we ask them is how big is a tire? And then we ask them, you know, make recommendations on axle ratio. And then we start talking about transmissions and people think that's an odd sequence, but in reality, that's the way it should be. Well, he just kind of hit the, the point right there. 
it's a system, not just the clutch, the hydraulics, you know, but it's the gear ratios, the tire size. I mean, it's the whole vehicle, the transmission, you know, we forget about it because it's hiding down there under the tunnel and we just see that one stick and think, oh, that's it. You know, I just got to wiggle this thing around. But that transmission really determines, I think, the character, the behavior of the vehicle. And uh, yeah, you've got to think about the whole thing. It has a lot to do with drivability. I mean, that's that's a big factor. Yeah, drivability is key, especially when you think about rolling those gears, you know, and what you're going to be using the car for, finding that sweet spot. If if your gearing is off and you're trying to compensate and figure out, man, that's a long, hard-fought battle. Deriving your conclusion of what you're building by asking things like what, your, what tire size you have, uh, and what gear ratio you think you go with and things like that. You, you start to understand a little bit more of the characteristics as to what the car needs to do and how it needs to perform. And that's really what you guys tackle. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's not every car is the same. If you think about it, if you had a, let's say a turbo, uh, four cylinder car, it makes power different than let's say a big block or a supercharged car or a nitrous car. So every time you deal with a different car, you're having to look at gearing and the the system differently. How do you? I got two questions for you. Um, how do you gear for nitrous as opposed to a naturally aspirated car? Or what's the difference between nitrous and say turbo? Uh, if you're looking at the gearing and, and what we're talking about, that's the one I'd like you to tackle first. And I'll get to your your second one in just a second. Well, basically, you know, you have again when you say nitrous or turbo, again, what kind of a motor are we dealing with? Is it a, a motor that wants to spin up? Let's say comparing uh, a small block Ford with a, a Coyote engine. A Coyote engine or a Voodoo motor by nature makes its power at the mid or upper range. And so turbo cars want exhaust flow. So you wanna gear up where the engine's gonna spool up faster. Whereas, you know, let's say a supercharged car where the, the torque comes on differently or in nitrous, it has a lot to do with the, what are you starting with as a motor. So it's that really is more important is to displacement, you know. Right, right. And second question, um, I know driving a lot of road courses, um, real high RPMs on those, on those TKOs, uh, the synchros tend to – they fight you a little bit in big RPMs. They did. Um, they did. And that was one of the things that I always had an issue with in my long mile racing or when I do uh, when I do hill climbs in my Corvette, which I, I run a Magnum in too. Um, how did you guys address that problem with the TKX? Because I, I hear, I haven't got the experience yet, but I hear that is completely different in TKX, that high RPM sort of resistance that you would feel going into that fifth and sixth gear. Yeah, we can't take the credit for that. That's obviously the engineers over at Tremec who addressed that issue. But think of it this way. Um, the TKO had a bronze synchronizer, single cone. Think of it like a drum brake. And the TKX, which borrowed technology and the synchronizers from the Magnum and the TR6060 platform, which is a, a double or triple cone synchronizer with a multi-friction material, it's like having disc brakes. So it's the ability to slow the gear down and having more capability to, to do so. So think of a, like I say, the drum brakes where you apply that really hard. Well, no matter how much pressure you apply, just not enough capability there. Whereas the, the triple cone, more surfaces, bigger cone, that's how you're able to get into gear at a much faster rate at a much higher RPM. Yeah, absolutely. Because you've got two different speeds 
of two different spinning devices. And like you said, I think that was a great explanation between the drum brake and the disc brake. Uh, disc brake's going to be able to bite. It's going to be able to change and get the speeds uh, real similar. So then you can sync them together to change that gear. So you're not getting that bark back. Yeah, that's that's key because if you're not synchronizing, you can push on the on the gear as much as you want. And people will say, gee, I can shift it at five, but I can't get to six. When Tremont came out with the TKX, that was one of their main, uh, I'll say, focus points. And they, they made the synchronizers really large. And they'll rate them at 8,000, but they're actually technically rated for more than that. So your modern day engine today is, is eight grand. So that's kind of what they're stating. Yeah, man. That, that was always a problem. Uh, I'm glad... I'm really glad they've they've looked at that and found ways to uh, address it. For people that are putting these in road course cars or that love to get out and do, you know, uh, just drive their car, be it time attacks, uh, autocrosses, road courses, or, you know, I live in Colorado, country roads getting tore up every weekend uh, by a handful of uh, people that I know. Uh, what what would you say are, are things that um, the transmission plays a big role in uh, when you're looking at, you know, really getting out, experiencing and pushing your car in situations like that? What are you guys doing to help out those type performance-based guys that are looking for a little bit more uh, out of their transmission? Well, basically it has a lot to do with how do you facilitate it in a car, whether you're using a steel versus aluminum flywheel, uh, what type of clutch are you running? Is it going to be a standard organic clutch? Kevlar is a big product with us. We build our own clutches in-house, so we use a Kevlar soft locking, very durable product for a road racing. Not a great uh, drag racing clutch because it's not aggressive. The coefficient of friction is different. But then you get into guys who are really serious, and they'll put in a twin disc, but maybe it's only a seven-and-a-half-inch disc, and they want less rotating mass. But synchronization of a transmission is absolutely key to how much rotating mass is ahead of it. So if you've got a big old 12 inch disc and you let go of the disc, even at high RPMs, it's like a mini flywheel. Whereas if you get into a twin triple disc, um, less rotating mass, cause it's only five and a half or seven inches big. Yeah, I got a good question for you and we got to start wrapping. Uh, but you know, when we talk about this TKX, what are some of the unique applications that you've seen just in this last, you know, 10 months or so? We've talked about, you know, Chevelles and Mustangs and whatnot. Uh, what are some of the other unique applications you're starting to see people branch out into? I really think that where this transmission's shining is, is it's a great replacement for some legacy stuff. T45s, 3650s, you know, the SN95 Mustangs as an example. Um, you know, we've been doing a TKO program on the Ford side with Sunbeam Tigers, Galaxies, Torinos. Some of these passenger cars with low step through tunnels have been a real challenge to get a true performance, high torque capacity transmission, but it's not limited to just that. I mean, people are looking to Duratex and EcoBoosts and, and various other platforms that, uh, you know, that are capable of shifting, shifting at high RPMs. The TKO before couldn't do it. You know, the T5 is still a viable product and it works great for certain applications. We use them a lot in street rods and early Mustangs up to about 450 horsepower. Yeah, that's a great little box. But yeah, if you start pushing it, boy, they're going to shatter on you. So tell us, Bruce, uh, where can people find you? Uh, are you out socially? You know, we talked about your website, uh, moderndriveline.com. 
Uh, where can people find you socially? And yeah, we're on you know Facebook. We post out there. We're on Instagram as well. You can just look us up under Modern Driveline. But look us also on YouTube. We're doing a lot on YouTube these days, doing a lot of videos, trying to get the information out there, doing the FAQs. Um, we try to hit the shows, but with this pandemic, it's been a different world. But we'll be at Scottsdale um, this November. We'll be in Las Vegas for SEMA. And uh, But yeah, check us out on the YouTube and also Car Buff Network. Cool, man. Great to hear it. And check us out on the Motor Trend Network. Yes, that's where you'll find our TV show, uh, Two Guys Garage. On the old Motor Trend Network, check your local listings. Also available on Motor Trend On Demand, which is a great resource to find us. Thanks for our guest, Bruce Couture. Uh, check out that website again, moderndriveline.com. He's my man, Kevin Berger, producer, scooper, executive producer, Bob Ecker, and I'm Willie B. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, too, twoguysgarage.com. And we're out there socially, everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Two Guys Garage. And the Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyrighted, 2021, Brenton Productions, Incorporated, all rights reserved. Man, I tell you, I've done, I don't know how many different projects with Bruce over the years, uh, gotten his gear, and damn if every time it just doesn't slip together, come together, and man, rowing gears, when it all is matched, uh, great system. There's nothing well, like it. I got to tell you, man, you wouldn't believe I built this SEMA car, and the most hideous, disgusting part about it is all this hoopla I had to go through to get my slave cylinder and the way we chose to rat it through there. I'm definitely going to be calling my man Bruce up at Modern Driveline and uh, help me fix my Frankenstein because right now I, I, I spent five hours, man, running around town looking for fittings. All I had to do was make one phone call. Matter of fact, it took me two days to find fittings. I could have called him. He could have mailed me the parts <laughs> and had it in my life without all the headache and, you know, 200 miles of burnt fuel. Uh, but, yeah, man, definitely the way to go. And, uh, God, I got to remember that resource, moderndriveline.com, you knuckleheads. We'll see you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Take care, guys. See you next time. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.